alchemical goat. Welcome back, everybody, to the alchemical goat. I'm Bobby Larson. I'm Jessica Dimitro. And today we're going to talk about the divine feminine. You know, just that subtle divine feminine that, I mean, this is not even like a small topic. No. And the more I kept reading, the more I was like, oh God, I'm, this is, it goes so deeply into everything that you and I kind of base our lives on. Sure. Yeah. You know, and it's obviously, it's almost, yeah, it's the thing that's tying it all together Mm -hmm. in a lot of ways, right? So you have your intuitive, um, the, the psychic, the creative, the, um, receptive, receptive, um, and just that emotion, Mm -hmm. the nurturing, I really feel like it's going within. Yeah. Right? It's it's this sort of way in which we start to accept ourselves, start to love ourselves, go within and not require so much from the outside to make life choices and decisions. Yeah. Uh, I feel like the divine feminine feels like it could be... Like, we based it off of, like, oh, it's the sort of divine Christ energy. And mm-hmm. really what it is is, like, our own empowerment. Yeah. Really accepting ourselves, doing, like, inner work, journaling, mm-hmm. dream work, all of the things in which where, you know, it's it's about you. Yeah. Not about somebody else's information. Now, of course, like, communicating with friends and stuff where you can hear yourself or you can hear, and like, somebody else's story might be Mm -hmm. part of that too but Mm -hmm. mostly it is about like what are you feeling about your life yeah it's it's keeping connected to your higher self even just I mean we had that whole conversation a couple weeks ago but you know it's interesting though as I was kind of reading and looking into this a little bit more the idea of yes it's internal but I think there there is a, a a source here of women empowering women. Sure, yeah. Mm-hmm. And that connection that women get when we come into circle, when we come into ritual, when we, um, you know, meet together in community, mm-hmm. I think uh, it it allows us to to really tap into that power. Mm-hmm. I think that society has kind of taken us away from yep. the women's circle, right? The sewing circle, but so to can speak. I just, I just want to say too, that when you say that, and I'm and totally like a yes. And because of what I feel like, it's like being in like, sort of like synchronicity with each other or mm-hmm. like, um, alignment to mm-hmm. where it's like you have your what your gifts to offer I have mm-hmm. my gifts to offer and we respect each other yeah and so there's that energy as opposed to like this idea that women can't do that right yeah. and like yeah. how we've become separated from yeah. that and that kind of society so I just I just feel like yes 100% that and also here's the feeling 
behind what what really speaks to me about that. Well, I think we definitely need to, it's, it's the reminder that as women, we lift each other up mm-hmm. and that we're not in competition. Right. Right. So we've spent our whole lives being told by trained, trained, <laughs> not told, trained to, to dislike mm-hmm. ourselves and in disliking ourselves, I think we dislike each other, sure. right? Because suddenly if you dislike something about, let's say your body, then you see the thing on the other woman and you're like, I want that. And now you suddenly are like, I hate myself. I'm going to hate her too because she has the thing. And it's created this like envious. Or, or it's not even just hating her. It's being like in, you know, something that you can't have. Like, yeah. Like, and a lot of times, right, you watch the whole misrepresentation thing where they talk mm-hmm. about like how they piece women together Mm -hmm. on cover so you're not even jealous of her really yeah right yeah like hollywood stars and models and you know people in politics and stuff they have a lot of resources to look the way that they do even in before all of the stuff and the plastic surgery and all that stuff like they have trainers coming to their house somebody to pick out their food tell them how to eat what what they need to do but but if you really think about that they were, they're being trained. They were trained, Absolutely. right? Mm-hmm. To this is what a female mm-hmm. should look like. Right. Rep, be represented by how they need to appear to the world. And that it separates them, sure. them from their bodies, right? Suddenly they're just there as a figurehead of femininity. Right. And, and in an and aspect, what makes you what feminine? Men, right, but... But it's a male version yes, of that, right? Exactly. Because like, or, you know, that there's the, this twofold, there's like the Hillary Clinton, you know, this <laughs> business suit, right? The, the like sort yeah. of like male yeah. energy yes, of that. Totally. And then totally. there's the, the, there's the like the wife, right? Yeah. The beautiful. And I'm not thinking of anybody at the moment, but like, yeah. you know what I mean? Where she stands there demurely looking right. great. Yeah. Right. And then the in-betweens of like the people that men oogle over right and yet there's some shame in that like I was listening to something where you know women the misogyny that's internalized and how they feel about themselves and how that oh I know what it was it was about this this uh pharaoh right I'm listening Mm -hmm. to the story and it's like a past one talking about Egypt and the brother and sister are becoming pharaoh together and they're having a conversation about like what how that's going to look because mm-hmm. this male has concubines and people that he gets to sleep with and she doesn't get the same. Right. She has to kind of live her life in this sort of like virginity. Yeah. And she's asking him like why can't I do that? And the the way that he responds is like you can tell he doesn't have any respect for the women yeah. that he sleeps with. His idea of them is like, this is their purpose and that's it. And I'm really happy to share this with you, but I had to make it into something else so that I can compartmentalize your femininity. Yeah. Right. Well, and, and, and again, another thing that we've been told as women trained as women is to believe that all of our worth is held up in a man's view of us. Yeah. Right. So stepping back into your divine feminine is being like, Oh, that's not at all what the fuck is happening right now. Like, I don't give a fuck. What I feel about myself 
is based on how I feel about myself. Taking a second to like internally go in and be like, wait a second, how do I feel about this? Not how does he feel about this? But even if you're not raised that way, because I wasn't raised that way. I wasn't told that I needed to be a certain way. Both of my parents are like so far from that. But society will find a way to tell you. The collective consciousness around you, you know the parameters yeah. you know as a woman that you have a certain amount of of level and of course that's why we respect women like it's it's so funny i'm asking my friends because i'm doing this astrology course mm-hmm. like what are some women that you respect right and like yeah. just the women out there that have crossed those barriers yeah like, i love those harriet tubman for one yeah right just this like idea that she just totally went beyond where she was supposed to go yeah. And we love that as the story. And yet it's so scary as we as right. we start to step into our power. Because it's dangerous. Absolutely. Right? As women, we're also very aware that when we step into our power, it can be fucking dangerous because history yes. has told us we'll be burned at the stake. We'll be Don't hung. you feel it though? We'll be stoned to death. Don't you we'll feel it? Oh yeah. Oh like, yeah, you've been burned before. Like your oh, power. Oh, it's so. It's <laughs> seriously. I seriously. Like, I just feel it. Like there's a certain brightness that you get to, and then it like feels really scary. Yeah. Like almost like you're yeah. throttling your engine. Yeah. Like it starts shaking, and yeah. you're like, I don't I think don't... I can move past this. And we're not. It's not like we're sitting there in this like people around us. I mean, there's a lot of powerful women. There's a lot of people doing this work, yeah. and yet at the same time. It's still scary. Yeah. It still takes a lot of like dissecting your ancestral stuff, Mm -hmm. dissecting all of the things that you learn from society, dissecting, you know, looking at what you wear, how you communicate, right? Like there's times where I sit in groups and I'm afraid to speak. Yeah. Even though I'm a good speaker because I can't get too bright. Yeah. I don't want that much attention. Like I'm... uh, automatically in deflecting. Yeah. I need to, oh, oh, oh. Like the other day I said it to my friends, I'm in a group chat and I'm like, I don't, I don't want the too much attention. I'm sorry that I took up so much of this, you know, and they started laughing at me. They're like, this is exactly what this chat is for. That's totally how I felt when I was leading the, uh, the meeting on Sunday for the, the black hat society. I was like, I am good at public speaking. Also, I'm speaking in front of 25 women right now. And, don't look at me. Like, I was like, and it's all witches. I was like, does like, of they all, all the, raved about it. Of the all way. the people, of all the people I could speak mm-hmm. in front of, this should be the okay group. And yet still insecure. Absolutely. Right. Because we are so scared of what other people think of us. We judge every, our value is so wrapped up in what we think, what we think other people, people think. think. But, <laughs> but the other thing about that is like, men don't do that at all. No not like, at all and I look at like like be, okay being in a zoom meeting all the women will have their microphones like cut off the men won't and I oh, think that's interesting. so interesting because they're used to being their voices yeah. are always heard oh, that's or they so... don't have family in the background yeah or all of the things they're very aware yes. of their presence mm-hmm. in a space mm-hmm. right very very much in a space they don't have to hide all of the things. Yeah. They get to just be front and center. Yeah. And it's it's not even... I just started noticing this. It's so funny when you start noticing. I've been noticing it a lot, but yeah. 
And, and, you know, the mansplaining thing. Like, and oh, I, mean, yeah. I don't have a problem. I think there are some awakened men out there. And then the other day, I, like, made a book recommendation. And this guy just started telling me all this stuff. And I, for the first time in my life, did not take any of it. I was like, that's nice that you have a different opinion. <laughs> Good for you. But I'm not giving my power right. to this guy. And his, like, nothing he was saying had any sort of basis. You know what I yeah. mean? He just like totally. started saying stuff and it yeah. didn't even make sense. Yeah. And I was like, well, that's nice that you gave <laughs> this person who requested this information a different perspective. Now yeah. they have two perspectives. Yeah. And just... I, yeah. And you know what? It shut it down. Yeah. Because if I would have argued with him, see, it I'm learning. Just been, yeah. I'm learning yeah. that not every person that goes in that thing needs attention. I'm not yeah, exactly. feeding your fire. Yeah. I'm not giving you. Yeah. I know that people listen to you when you speak because you're a white man. Yeah. But I don't. <laughs> I don't need to do that. So. It's so interesting because I I have only worked in predominantly women mm-hmm. based too. organizations, right? For the last, at least for the last, you know, 15 plus years. But when I was uh, in the the cannabis industry, and I think I've talked about this before, I was definitely in a predominantly male organization. And it was so ridiculous on a daily basis of me even trying to have any sort of words come out of my mouth. Like, any, because it was all white men. They were all fairly older than me, right? Like at least 20 plus years older than me. Right. And I, so I was just the young 20 something girl that was intelligent, had good ideas, smart, was keeping some shit together for these guys because they are disorganized and all high, right? right? And yet, if I spoke, it was like, clearly nobody was hearing this like it was you know just in what I'm like am I even in this fucking room right now right you know and you just stop you just stop talking at some point you just stop talking and I think that's what we're looking at right now is that women for hundreds of thousands maybe even thousands of years I don't know you know have been slowly just got sick of trying to have their voices heard and they just stopped talking and then they stopped caring. And then they, and now there's this awakening, right? I just think there's this reawakening because of social media, because of things like TikTok, because of as we see more women in power, sure. um, you know, even Which is, just, that's exactly the thing though, is, is that there are still a lot, there's still a lot of progress to be made. Oh, there's so much. And, and there's so many women out there with so much internalized misogyny. Yeah. They keep it. In, I mean, cause I go and I read the comments cause I like to see the pulse of like what's happening, yeah. where people's thoughts are. And the, the amount of women I see that are disempowering other women from yeah. shining their light. Yeah. Is huge. Now, I yeah. don't. I don't personally take that on. I just kind of. A, a, it's an observation. It. Yeah. But yeah. I just see, like, you know, women out there asking for help. There's a lot of judgments. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of things, and like people, women are really hurting yeah. with that. And I yeah. think too that we're so mean about it because on one side, when a woman expresses internalized misogyny, our yeah. thing is to jump on her and be like, "Oh my gosh, you know, these ideas," because they are they're hurting people. Yeah. But also at the same time, like we need compassion, which is another divine feminine thing about like 
they're there because their fathers train them. They're yeah. there because school. They're there because religious ideologies. Yeah. There's so many things in society that are keeping this intact. Yeah. They're really afraid to look on the outside. Yeah. And even though I really want to be like, come on, wake up, yeah. you know? Yeah. That won't help anybody because if they wake up too quickly, it would be shocking yeah. and jarring and we'd have a lot of traumatized women out there. Yeah. But also at the same time, like we still have to do that work and we have to understand that even though there are people that aren't there yet, mm-hmm. that's okay. Yeah. Like, well, I think, you know, it's, it is just living this divine feminine life. Mm-hmm. Right. And as you live that, you then it doesn't are, matter what anybody else is doing. Well, and also, it doesn't matter what anybody else is doing, but also, those people that aren't stepping into it are going to start noticing yep. that there's more women around them that are. Yeah. And they'll feel a little bit more safe, right? A little bit more willing to maybe go out and do that creative thing that mm-hmm. they've been wanting to do, but we're told, oh, you're not going to make any money with your art. Or, mm-hmm. you know... Yeah, you might be intuitive, but don't listen to your intuition because that makes you crazy. Or don't speak your mind around what you know is true. Or don't be mama bear because if you're mama bear, you look like a crazy psycho mom. Or, you know, all the ways that we are constantly being told as women that your instinct, your instinctual divine feminine characteristics are bad, are negative. If you are seeing other people, other women stepping into that, and even men too, this is the thing. This isn't just about women. Men have divine feminine that they need to recognize. And it's interesting too to look at, and and we're talking about like how they're not even, yeah, they're a good example of not being ready at all, right? (laughs) They're not recognizing at all that they have divine feminine much less trying to even step into it. Well, I wouldn't say, well, I would say a, a, a majority, especially in the higher echelons, is like, yeah. you know, the more, the more that people have invested in the cultural norms right. and the reason to say, you know what, I'm in a powerful state. Yeah. Now, I think that is when you know you've made a shift, is yeah. when people, and I think Carl... Young is a great example of somebody who saw their privilege and really wanted to like dissect what it meant. Why? Yeah. How did I get here? I I mean, I read something very recently about how aware he was of Mm -hmm. his place. Not that he did anything different. Like he just was aware of his privilege. Yeah. And I think that's part of this whole thing is being aware. Okay. That you have privilege. Mm -hmm. Right. Mm -hmm. And then how, how do you what it, how do you balance that with equality because we're joking with ourselves if we don't think at some point we all have to do this reckoning even yeah. if you're a person yeah. of power the thing that scares you is that you can have that power taken away yeah right but how do we balance those scales you know what i mean and i know that this is like a very but this long, is the thing nobody subject but you people don't see the benefit right because we have so crushed the idea that the benefit of your softness, your your earthly connection, your nature connection, your intuitive intuitive connections, you, you know, your creative connection, all of these divine feminine characteristics, we have really like crushed mm-hmm. those. Mm-hmm. And 
I mean, I would say in our generations and the older generations, we definitely fucking crush those. What I think we're seeing is as you and I raise children and maybe if they decide to have kids, which I that I'm not going to ever be a grandmother. Like that sounds crazy. <laughs> um, oh my God. Can you imagine being a grandma? Like well, we would be, we're going to be the grandmother at 33. So just, I just want to say, that. <laughs> oh, I guess you told, did you, I guess you did, huh? You were step grandma, but actually was a grandma the whole time because yeah. Tony has a way older kid. Anyway. Right. Right. Anyway. anyway. So beside <laughs> <laughs> the point, but the, these future generations, these ones that are being raised now, I don't know. Are they called Gen Z? I don't, I don't even know what they're called. Um, but they're, I think they're going to be hopefully coming up in a world where we do recognize their art and they, within their, their cult, their age and their, but they've um, taken that out of schools though. I know, but they're, but they're finding it in other places sure. that I think, again, social media, internet, um, the way that their generation really knows how to communicate with each other, their art, their intuit intuition, their connection to nature. I think that they're going to, f- they're going to be allowed to step into it. They're being raised in a time when it's like, it's going to be okay for them. By the time that they're our age, they'll be like, I'm super balanced. I got my masculine. I got, because of the information around it, right? Well, our sons are already expressing and, yes. and, and we're cultivating exactly feminine things in them. Like when my Recognizing. son freaks, freaks out, right? Yeah. And has like an emotional moment. I don't go, oh, that's, that's right. so, that's, right. you, you're not We're supposed to do that. We're already shifting right. that for them. I recognize yes. that he needs that to be able to, you know, right. really express right. himself. And I don't want to take that away from him. We have to, and I think that this is going to be an interesting reminder. And when we do the Divine Mask, and it'll be a whole other, you know, we'll go into it more. But like, I think it'll be really interesting to see how, you know, for instance, a lot of, I mean, just in like local, like not local news, but um, um, recent news, this idea that there's all these now single white men and they're very upset that they're all single and nobody wants to date them. <laughs> this is a thing. This is like an, a story know, that I came out, right? And I'm thinking, well, okay, are they going to recognize that there's some work here or is it? They just go, what, why doesn't anybody like me? Like, I don't, I, this is where if they were to recognize, wait a second, why am I single? Well, I think this is funny because I watched a lot of TikTok videos about not just this in particular, but seeing these men and how they talk to women. Mm -hmm. And it, I I mean, like they do dating profiles on one of them. And I I don't know. I got on the single, (laughs) the single TikTok (laughs) or algorithm TikTok, right? Where all the women look way better than the men, right? But anyway, we're all questioning our sexuality these days. (laughs) Anyway. So, so the way the dating, I mean, they were so crazy and these are real dating profiles Where and I don't know if they're now doing it to get on these particular things, right, but right. the things that they're saying and they're, you have to be fit, you can't have any yeah. kids, you have to have a good job, and all of these requirements that these white men were having for women, it was insane. Or they would just come out and be like super Republican Christian, 
so you're like uh, you're like, like well, that's one segment of the population. You're like you're gonna hopefully someone will love you. Well, someone I you'll heard, find somebody. I heard what's that woman's name that was the spokesperson for Donald Trump? The last one, Kaylee's cousin, uh, came out with a dating for conservatives. Oh, it's God. hilarious. It's hilarious. Oh, I want to read that. I want to read that. I mean, this is the thing. They're gonna find each other. The people that. The woman that is willing to be that subservient version of whatever he wants, she's she's not confident in who she but is. Think she's about not how connected. Empowering both of those things. Are. I know. It's so. I know. It's and I don't want to but be again, judgmental. There's or, there's going to be mad. a shift. There's going to be a shift. But also that you know, I think in in one way, giving people exactly what they're asking for is like it kind of helps to. You know, you get exactly what you're asking. And what do you think the woman that meets all these requirements? I mean, I personally can't think of anybody with a brain that's, you know. The thing is, is that she probably doesn't exist. If she does exist. Well, yeah, she's that's that's a fact. You know, she she's there's there's always going to be something wrong because he's not accepting of. Yeah, uh, he's not deviating. I know. Right? So you get on these dating things, and you think, "Well, here's my list of requirements," and and you wonder why you're single because, like, first of all, like, how does when you're matchmaking with somebody, how does that even come into? I know right. we're way off topic right now. I know but, it's, but it I is what it is. is. I think it is very fascinating how a lot of men see themselves as the victim in this situation. Yeah, I think do. is the point. And I think it is about this disempowerment, about this lack of connection with their inner with self. Their, with themselves. Because like exactly. one of the things I remember from hypnotherapy when we did like the inner mate work mm-hmm. was is that, you know, this idea that actually you're whole yourself. Yeah. You can, per- yeah. anything that you're needing, you yeah. can find within yourself. Yes. And then when you're whole, then you attract another whole. Exactly. It's not you. It's- being these feminine qualities and that person being exactly. masculine qualities. It doesn't it's about work. you blending the feminine and the masculine together to be a whole person. Right. And then that next person right. that comes along, they're not trying to fit into your, you yeah. know, the things that you're missing that yeah. actually you guys are both able. And that's why it's really important right now because of the problem that we're having as a society where both people are working and both people mm-hmm. are required to do a certain amount of housework right. and, right. you know, work out what's going on in the home and where a lot of men have just decided, well, I don't have to do that because that's not my domain. But if a woman is working full time and has children, there's not enough time in the day, unless you're superwoman. To, to do, do all, all that. these things. And why is it our responsibility to clean again, up after somebody? Again, it's very interesting. I just, I, I, this came up recently. I was watching something and, and it was this idea that, so men don't think they have to do their part in the home, but you're like, you go to a job. That's like the bare minimum expected of an adult, right? <laughs> but somehow for a woman, there's, there's. Raising the kids and the housework and all the things. Taking the kids to And the, the bare minimum of being an adult, right? So how, how, so when men get upset, I worked all day. What did you do? Why, are, why do I have to do that? It's like, well, you, you're doing, so you want credit for doing the bare minimum right. as an adult is to go to work for an eight hours and then 
So you're let off for the rest of it. And, you know, we could go into mother wounds. I can talk about that shit all day. But, like, the this is the problem is that that perpetual patriarchal, uh, the, the, the moms of these men, and I'm not blaming all the mother-in-laws out there, but I am a little bit, okay? Because they perpetuated with their sons the idea that their sons didn't need to do things because they had other things that they had to do. Right. Oh, it's okay, son. They were I will gifted. do the laundry. I will make your mm-hmm. your food. I will do all these things for you because you're just you're the son. Right? Right? So you're going to go to school and then you're going to have a job and I'll still Which do all those things. And then you're... It's a disservice to the kid yeah, because, it didn't one, you're already, you're already assuming that he can't do these yes. things on his own. Right. And that inner, that sort of joy that you get when you, like, learn how to cook. Exactly. Or when you get to do your laundry. I yes. mean, and it, it really depends on how we, you know, show kids how to do it, right? Yeah, are totally. we yelling at them and being like, just get right. this done because right. we're all stressed out. Yeah. But, or right. are we saying, like, oh, like let's do the dishes and let's do these things because kids are naturally helpful yeah you got to just put the expectation on them and i think you know again this is why this is shifting right hopefully as all of us women connecting to our divine feminine characteristics and traits and we start going wait a second this isn't all on me and also teaching our children sure right Giving them some responsibility for themselves as humans and not, you know, I think a lot of parents, mothers, they, um, you know, they want to do better than what they had, right? They want better for their kids. And so that can actually backfire because they're like, oh, I'll just do it for you. Like, Mm -hmm. I want to be, I want the perfect, like all the, I want you to have a perfect painless life, right? right? But painless and does not excuse learning how to be a human that is empathetic, sympathetic, and can take care of themselves and 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 autonomous on the planet. And how and a good partner. And how like I think of myself as a phoenix, right? Because I've mm-hmm. been through a lot of pain and I've come out the other side. And I can't imagine anything in me that would not want those experiences because I wouldn't be who I am. I wouldn't have the resiliency, the resourcefulness and all of the things that I do to make my life work. And I just think like, I know, and I understand why people don't want their kids to go through the same things that they went through. Obviously with some of the things we went through, we don't want that for anybody else, let alone our offspring. Very little trauma. If we can like make that happen, very little trauma. Well, however though, like, you know, intervening and you see a lot of parents intervening Mm -hmm. in their children's lives. Yeah. To where they don't know how to have a conversation. Yeah. You know, and I know, like, I'm not saying my voice is, like, totally out there and I'm not always able to speak what I want. And at the same time, like, noticing that I have to teach my kid yeah. how to be able to communicate and stick up for themselves. Like, yeah. when my kid has problems at school, I'm like, well, did you tell them how yeah, you're feeling? Exactly. 
Exactly. Which was never anything I was yeah. given. But yeah. I think to myself, like, if I go and solve this and go talk to somebody for him, I'm I'm taking him out of the right. situation and I'm putting myself. Yeah. And I need to realize and that... And it's an empowerment, right? It's an empowerment. 100%. So, so empowering these next generations and, and allowing, um, especially girls, obviously, like, you know, the girls need to really feel empowered. And I'm seeing, like my daughter and all her little friends and they are pretty freaking badass. Like I'm like, Oh, this is, this is don't fuck with these bitches. Like these girls are going to be scary. But also I'm like, no, I can't let you take the bus yet. You're still a little too young. Like just the two of you, like nine and 10 year old. I'm like, mm, ah, mm, ah. Like, yeah, I feel that. <laughs> like, like also I can't let you do that because also <laughs> I was taking the bus at nine or 10 years old by myself. Downtown Portland. I ex- Experience things, nothing super scary, but very like weird shit. And Stuff that you wouldn't want to expose. You don't want to be exposed to, right. like quite literally exposed to. Well, there are things uh, <laughs> from our childhood that we obviously are not repeating. Yeah. Right? Yeah. But also that they're at a certain point, probably in the next couple years, will be able to take the bus, yeah. you know, in Windsor or Roner Park or right. Petaluma. Right. Right. And, and not have it be such a big deal. So there's the thing is like, how okay, there's a point where we empower them. Yeah. But when we say no, we tell them why. Yeah, exactly. Right? And so exactly. that they're not sitting there thinking it's about them. Yeah. When but, we're realizing that, you know, we're protecting you, but also I trust you. It's not you. Yeah. It's, necessarily yeah, it's exactly the world around it's you. the world around you it's it's the the level of maturity too i think you recognize with your own kids you always recognize when they're ready for something when that when that you know what i mean if if you're in tuned at all you know because some kids are going to mature faster than others so like there's always going to be like topics where you're like i don't think that you need to be knowing that uh quite yet <laughs> even though your friend might i don't I hope you're not Googling that. Like, right. you know what I mean? Especially as you go into teenagehood, it's like, oh my God, please don't Google that. Well, you know please what I realized though? If you empower your kid yeah. to make decisions for themselves, and, and I have an example of that. When my daughter was younger, she had this friend who I could just tell was a little advanced. And mm-hmm. you know what? I noticed that and I was like, maybe I should try to do something about this. Mm. And you know what? Like literally two days later, she comes home and she's like, "I can't be friends with them yeah. anymore." Right? And I was like, okay. "They're so they." It yeah. didn't. It didn't need to involve me. And yeah. you know, and I'm not saying that I would have ever involved myself or have been mean to her in any way, or I was discriminating against her. I just was noticing that there was behaviors that she had. Yeah. I didn't really. No, but there was an energy discrepancy yeah. and my daughter felt she it and made her own decision it. and yeah. moved on. Yeah. And that, so. and I think that's that's a testament to again this these next generations and their their awareness, their self-awareness. Sure. I hope it's not I hope the self-awareness isn't self-consciousness. I want it more to be self-aware and not I'm doing this because of like fear or you know what I mean? Well, like in, in my daughter's case, though, living their truth is right. really what she, she was able to. Like, I could not at the time at her age have separated myself yeah. from somebody the way that she did. Yeah. And so there was a significant amount of power for her to be like, you yeah. know what? I recognize that I don't want you in my life. Yeah, I know. Whoa. Yeah. 
And then to I mean, be able to follow through with it. Yeah. I mean, she never hung out with her again. It was like literally like she had crossed a line. Now, obviously for me, this girl really resonated with who I was when I was yeah. younger. You're like, this so, is why I recognize her. <laughs> right. And I and I yeah. and I felt bad, but yeah. also at the same time, like I recognized that my daughter had boundaries. Yeah. And and she's but that's the thing. So like her we have allowed these generations now to have these boundaries to be connected to what makes them strong divine human beings on this planet okay so they're good (laughs) now what do we do right so like what how are you connecting to your divine feminine like what because like we obviously were both intuitive. That's mm-hmm. a big part of it. And it took me a second to like even recognize that that was even a thing for myself. Like right. I, and I still battle with my intuition, but that's one way. Sure. So, uh, well, a couple of things that I want to say about the work, the shadow work. I don't know. That seems so like, you know, cliche right now, but <laughs> The, the internal work that I'm doing around, you know, wanting to, to like lift myself out of the circumstances of my ancestors, right? Mm-hmm. Like I recognize that there's a pattern happening. There's definitely like a lot of power that's escaping. And so like I'm moving into like seeing myself more out outside of that right because mm-hmm. it's a very homely energy I think yeah right of this yeah. like internal like doing this work internally but then there's also a part of me that's called to go out and so mm-hmm. I'm doing like affirmations every day I'm journaling I'm trying I am changing the mindset that I have because I do have a you know acquired through a Virgo moon mm-hmm. a very like self-critical like yeah. trying to keep myself in line all the time thing right and it's not serving me all it is is stopping me I feel myself get really lazy like there's an overwhelming of this feminine energy of like well I'll just accept where I'm at yay and then that's not helpful either so there's a balance of the feminine and the masculine so what the feminine is doing is retraining itself yeah into good word for it retraining right into not hearing all these messages like one, one thing that I've really learned, and, and I know that this is making me vulnerable to even say it, but like I used to go and beat myself up if I thought I did something yeah. somewhere. And then I realized like, okay, well, why? <laughs> like nobody cares that yeah. I'm in here beating myself up right. for this thing right. that I've supposedly done. Right. And it was just a way to keep myself in line and keep myself disempowered. And I had like almost like self um punished yeah for so long and yeah. I was just used to feeling like oh my god I said the wrong thing yeah. or whatever Isn't stupid it? thing no that I, I know did. I totally and then, I can totally relate to this uh, I think I'm, so many of us and can. then I was sitting there and I'm like you know that person that you're doing this you think you're doing this for they don't care yeah that then, internalized misogyny I mean that's right. what that is right Absolutely. it's literally like you have an internalized like we were taught before we started recording talking about like Catholic monks or something is like, sure. or Catholic priests. It's Catholic monks, whatever, um, <laughs> whatever, whatever. something religious. No, uh, a, a Catholic priest, like behind you going, you, I can't believe you said that. Yeah. I mean, like it feels almost like an entity. Absolutely. Right. That is keeping you 
in this real, in this like this this constant beating yourself up, you're a piece of shit. Um, I can't believe you said that. You know, why would you speak up for yourself? Right. Why would you speak your truth? Why would you, you know, wh- why would you feel uh, and that, it's on a loop. that you, d- it's on a loop. It's, it's a real, right? It's like mm-hmm. mirror, mirror, over and over and over again. And so there's no answer that's correct. I've realized, right? Like, so because no. I'm the type of person I really get in to the little things that are happening. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, I really put myself there. And then just one day I just had this huge epiphany. Yeah. And I also was reading this book called uh, Psycho-Cybernetics, and this, it, it's so profound because the guy was a plastic surgeon, and he mm. says that, you know, when he performed plastic surgery with these people, like, if they thought they were ugly, they would come out, and sometimes... It didn't matter because it was the training yeah. in their head. It had it, nothing to, to do, do with what they really look like. So yeah. that self hatred is oh my so God. deep, and it's not so deep. It's not real. It's not real. It's not even. It's not you at all. It's not so you. No matter not, even if you make like physical altering changes, yeah. it doesn't mean you're going to change what's going on. So yeah. what's going on yeah. is going on in here. Well, this is the ongoing thing. My girlfriend and I, <laughs> we have this. This thing we talk about every once in a while, like, remember that time we backpacked through Europe, like in like the early 2000s, we went to Europe for like 10 days and we have photos of it. And when we were there, we went shopping in London and I remember both of us, we were buying clothes, some super cute outfits. We were so fucking fat. Like, God, we're so fucking fat. We're going to wear these, these clothes are so cute. We're going to wear them. We look like shit in them. Both of us had this dialogue. Mm -hmm. We now look at those pictures. We're like, God damn, we wish we were that fat now. What the? F-? Because the vo- the voice was already there. Right. We weren't fat. Right. No. I wish I was that fat now. Like right. I was not fat at all. Neither was she. It was. It's. Well, you have it's a friend. So gnarly. I know. We all have this friend, right? That will tell you how ugly they are. I'm probably that friend to people, but, but anyway, they'll tell you how ugly they are and you're looking at them and you don't see it, but you see when you're in it, you feel that. Yeah. Right. And all that's actually not even you. That's just something you picked up along the way at some other. Have you watched the Victoria's Secret documentary? I highly recommend everybody watch that, especially women of our age, because we talk about where we were trained. Yeah. They spent. I mean, that company destroyed us mm-hmm. as women, like mm-hmm. single-handedly destroyed our value, our view of how we view our bodies right. and our value based on it. It, it, it is so funny. I'm watch say, that. Oh my God. The marketing level of it is disgusting. Like just, it's so disgusting. And you're like, Oh, no wonder I was obsessed at 14 that I continued to have a gap between my thighs. I was so fucking worried about not having a gap between my thighs. Now, I mean, my fucking thighs rub together all the fucking time. Who cares? <laughs> I don't give a fuck. As long as I, like, it's but not also, shaping. Like, if you think about it, too, like, what <laughs> does that thighs. even get you in life? It gets you male attention, right? And that I don't is care not always... Right, but that's not right. always the best thing But we anyway. were taught that that's all that mattered. Yes, that's true. Right? That's all that mattered was that male attention. So... How do you get male attention? You have a gap between your thighs and you have big pushed up boobs. And like, it's, 
oh my god and then they go into like the connection between the owner creator of victoria's secret and um what's his name the one that killed himself the pedophile with the oh, island uh jeffrey epstein yes very interesting. Highly recommend it. Everybody should well, watch I it. Well, I mean, any just to man be angry, that's making women look like children. It's and it yeah. got weirder. It gets weirder and weirder. It got weirder and weirder. And I think by that, I what's so interesting is I have never owned a piece of Victoria's Secret. Me neither. Anything, but everybody did. Like it was it. it oh my god! Like they anyway. Well, it's a status thing, just like so. You know. So. <clears throat> You focus for, let's get back to the, the idea of how you're connecting, right? To divine feminine. Mine is just clearly hating on, on men on a regular basis. Um, (laughs) well, and just recognizing like where it's coming from. I think for me, it's like this first, the first step is like anger, (laughs) anger and recognizing like, how did I get here? Why do I hate myself? So you know, well, why it's am I not that connected? anger has to be focused on something else at yeah. some point. And yeah. then when you start to see, and, and it, it may be like, it's not just men. It's like the people it's, in power yeah. in it's, that status and the women who yeah. have so, like, like Mag, Mag, whatever her name is, Maxine Gladwell. Mm-hmm. I, I know her name is different than that, but she is a piece of work. I yeah. mean, she aided and abetted this pedophile yeah. into helping him get girls. But again, it's all, it's, the the women have turned against themselves, right? They sure. have turned against themselves. Well, and that's what they're told that they can get power. Yeah, and, by and doing that. yeah, and they, you know, and again, their worth and their value is always based on what the men were telling them and what they did to for the did what they did to please men, right? What they do to please men. So, you know, I think as we move out of it, and we're trying to really reconnect, because for me, you know, Capricorn. Saturn being that ruling planet, like my masculine shit is very consistent and raised, you know, part of my life by like my dad who was a piece of work in himself, you know, um, and, and being surrounded by very strong men in my life. My upbringing feel like so off. I I'm not. I don't consider myself a tomboy, but I I think I was. I've always gotten along with dudes really well. Like mm-hmm. I can speak their language in a very like efficient way, right. right? I know how to play the game. I know how to play the game, and it takes you far in business. It can take you really far in life because that's what our culture has taught us is you know how you get far well that was the thing like you know this idea that um being emotional Mm -hmm. for me when I, i i can't be emotional in public i can't break down and cry i you know um things like for me when um i was belly dancing belly dancing is a great way to connect to your divine feminine. Holy shit, was I feminine. The mo- most feminine I've probably ever been when I was dancing on a regular basis. That's a huge... And that's, you know, when you read anything about divine, it's like get into your body, move your hips, mm-hmm. release your sacral shock, like get into that sacral chakra space and and break it open, right? Mm-hmm. All these all these hip exercises, all these hip openers, um, 
there's a lot of therapists on TikTok talking about opening your hips and right. how that connects you to your emotions and how it really breaks open that that connection to your feminine side. And right. for me, I am so stuck in my hips. I am like they're heavy and stiff and I can feel it and I'm like okay, I need to get when I'm dancing and get loose in my hips. And when I was doing yoga and getting loose and getting back into your body physically right. is a huge part for me to connect to my feminine. I love that. Because your feminine too is your sexual energy. Mm-hmm. How do you get into your sexual energy? You get down into your hips. You get yeah, down and dirty. You wiggle around. You 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 gyrate. You're snake-like. I think, you know, that's why the sacral chakra represents both emotions and sexual yeah. energy. And that, that it's connection. It's the same. Right. It's the same. And we all have a sacral chakra. Yeah. Exactly. So, so how do we get... Out. And you know what's so interesting? And if you really think about like just part of the blockage, the blocks in the sacral chakra is around how our society now lives its life. We sit in cars, we sit at desks, we sit at couches, and we sit On a lot. Computers. I mean, we're sitting right now, you and I, right? And it's so interesting if if you take a second and you do the like Pomodoro method. I don't know if anybody knows what that is, but it's when you're working, you work for, you know, you set a timer. Maybe you work for an hour and then you get up for 20 minutes mm-hmm. and you move and you do other stuff. And then you sit and you work for an hour and then you get up. Pomodoro method. But that 20 minutes of getting up and moving your body, it will keep you alive. Mm-hmm. Right? You get stagnant, and that stagnancy is what's divorcing our bodies and our ourselves from that divine feminine energy. And women used to get together and fucking dance mm-hmm. and sing, mm-hmm. right? And move. And that's why these things like coming together in you know, even yoga classes, right? That's why there's there's sacral space. Like even if it's like, okay, yeah, it's just like everybody goes for fitness or whatever. It's like finding those classes for yourself, finding those groups of women that are coming together to move. Yeah. Like we're going to do the broom dance, right, for the um, Black Hat Society Halloween ball. And the broom dance, if nobody knows, look it up. The broom dance, it was based in Germany. Um and as we were doing it, we were practicing it the other day. And I was like, oh, because you move your hips a lot. There's oh, a lot of hip moving. It's very similar to belly dancing, a lot of the movements and stuff. And I was like, oh, this isn't just a bunch of witches dancing. This is a bunch of witches connecting to well, a divine that, feminine energy. It's that there. energy, the the effervescence yes. of the thing where you're like, if you're meditating in a group, you're connecting mm-hmm. consciousness and, yeah. it, and it then becomes about the group energy and not exactly. individually. Exactly. You can tell when you're in effervescence when... Effervescence, you, I love that. You're, you're in alignment, right? Yeah. You're yeah. like... You know, you're not thinking about all the little things. You're not judging yourself. You're just in the flow. Yeah. And I think about, just in I, you know, I read something recently where I can't remember what book it was, but this woman went out to a field with women in the middle of the mm-hmm. night and they like howled at the yeah. moon and danced and they yeah. got into this like almost aesthetic rhythmic right. thing. And then it right. was like such a powerful thing. And I'm thinking to myself, 
I need to do that. Like I need this to This is find... why I go to Grateful Dead concerts. <laughs> Nobody Wait, understands. But that's, no, but that's, that's my... true. Because now it's... I mean, even Grateful Dead concerts, I mean, it's not something that interests me, but I can see that there's a lot of people that have different levels of consciousness there and it's more of a peaceful gathering. Yeah. It, I don't know and this it's for a, a fact, safe, but I'm well, just saying it's that. a safe place, right? So you yes. have to feel right. safe to be to be able to be that free. Mm-hmm. Not and I, you know, I don't give a fuck who watches me dance. I really don't care. I am like I will be the weirdest and and I'm known with my friends and my family, they've all seen me dance. That when Bobby goes into like a trance of dance over here, right. it's a whole like funny haha. But also like I don't give a fuck who's watching because I'm I go into a, a it's a trance and I don't care and I I feel good and I'm at one and I'm connecting to the energy yeah, that's and the source. Different levels of consciousness. This is why to me like why music is so important and why, you know, why coming together in these like these groups of women and like I mean I know that you've told me this multiple times based on my chart that like I am community, right? Like community is my jam. So that's how my divine feminine is obviously going to show up. I'm like, let's bring the women together. Well, and I think about your moon being an Aquarius. And I think, yes, because Aquarius is all about, you know, moving to that next level, right? Yeah. That, and, and I think it's funny, too, because you also express that you were is in touch with your emotions, which is another very Aquarian right. moon trait. Right. Is like, but, but there's a reason for that, because, I, like... I know Aquarians that are like, you know, if one person is in Pearl, they're like, whatever. But if a whole group of people, then it's like time to get started. We need to do this and we need to do that because they know where to put their energy. Yeah. Right. But I think also like one thing that I've noticed about Aquarius moons is, is that a lot of times they have a, like a disconnection with the mother, Mm -hmm. certainly in your Mm -hmm. case. Right. But my son has an Aquarian moon. Right. And oh, so, but, but, but then also like, that's what astrology is for. Like, how do we overcome this? Yeah. How do we move into the power of and create a different narrative and story and make this different? Right. So right. what, what really strikes me now is like, I want my son to have a community. Mm-hmm. I want my son to mm-hmm. be a humanitarian. These are like yeah. philanthropic, right? Yeah. I want the higher ideals of Aquarian. We can look at anything from a base level all the signs have a base level they have a starting point they have mm-hmm. their like shadow side they have the things that people like gemini's are two-faced or yeah, scorpios are right. intense mean and they're right, gonna murder right, you when right. you sleep all the stereotypes and actually stereotypes. all of the serial killers are not scorpios so there are a lot of capricorns actually well <laughs> actually gemini sagittarius all the mutable signs oh, are most of the serial killers yeah oh. it's a thing <laughs> Because I have all mutable signs, and I, 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 I don't. You're like I am. I hold back, but <laughs> if we start noticing people are dying around you, we will question you. Well, first. I think because we have <laughs> such a way of transmuting energy, and yeah. obviously there's positive things about yeah. that. Yeah. But we're also very chameleon-like. Very good at lying to yourself. <laughs> well, thank you. <laughs> so we should probably tell people how to come work with us if they're ready to do some work, right? So yeah, let's do it. Um, you can find me at bobbylarson.com and also um, you can come find uh, both of us at the Alchemical Goat podcast 
on Instagram. We have all our links in there. That's probably the best way to just find us. And how can people work with you personally? They can go to asteriaawakenings.com. They can find me on Instagram at asteriaawakenings, or they can friend me on Facebook at Jessica Dimitro. And we will see you next time. Thank you. Thank you.